you know, structure yourself, like you have like very strong core beliefs, like it doesn't really bother me. Like, you know, like even my family, you know, like you know, people are like, oh, you know, this aunt said this, my uncle said this, or my mom said this. My I'm like, none of these people really matter to me that it's going to influence me in such a way because I think that I am doing certain things that is really beneficial for like the people I'm actually helping, right? So it doesn't make sense. So that's what the first thing is you got to have the self-confidence and belief in what you're doing and then everything else kind of, you know, slowly goes away. What's going on, guys? This is the Passive Wealth Strategy Show, the show that will help you escape the Wall Street casino and build wealth on Main Street by investing in real estate. Today, our guest is Vince Rodriguez. And today we're focusing on what it takes a busy professional to do to scale their real estate portfolio, because that's what Vince is doing. He's scaling his real estate portfolio as a busy professional. He's going to tell you more about it, but really it's a it's a true 10x story. If you've heard the whole idea of 10x from Grant Cardone, well, Vince is out there applying those principles and making it happen. And we dig into his experience, what he's done, and then the tactics and strategies and mindsets and mentalities that he's using to scale his real estate portfolio during the pandemic with so many things going on. And uh, it's a great conversation. He and I were on the line, not just on the interview, but just chatting for for nearly two hours. And uh, we had a, a great conversation. He's very knowledgeable, very action oriented and really making things happen. So this is a great interview. You're going to learn a lot. I know I did learn a lot from him, both on the interview and on the non-recorded portion that you guys don't get to listen to, unfortunately. But you're going to learn a lot from the recorded bits that you get to hear. I'm your host, Taylor Lote. I'm a real estate investor, and I help busy people passively invest in commercial real estate, specifically in apartments, buildings, and self-storage properties. If you'd like to learn more and connect with me to discuss potentially investing in a future deal, just go to investwithtaylor.com. Once again, investwithtaylor.com. If you're an Apple podcast user and you enjoy the show, please take a moment and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars if you don't mind. That helps other people learn about the show because that helps us rank higher in the Apple Podcast ecosystem. And I'm always honest with you guys. I say this every episode that gives me a nice little warm and fuzzy feeling because I get to see that you're engaging with the content and you're escaping the Wall Street casino along with us. You're a busy professional. You're out there. You want to get invested in real estate. Well, tune into these interviews and we're going to help you do it. No matter what podcast app you use, if you haven't done so yet, do look us up, the Passive Wealth Strategy Show. Hit the subscribe button. That way you'll get every new episode straight to mobile, straight to your mobile device every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Once again, our guest today is Vince Rodriguez. We have a great conversation for you. Without any further ado, here we go. Vince, thank you for joining us today. Hey, what's up, Taylor? Thanks for having me. It's great to talk with you. I love getting to know people and learning from people who are scaling their businesses and and doing it in especially such economically uncertain times, if you will, or such, uh, maybe that means there's an opportunity going on. I won't ramble on too long here, but for our listeners out there who don't know about you and your business, can you tell us about your background and what you're up to? Yeah. So uh, I'm originally from South India. I came here in 2008, did my master's in mechanical engineering. So I am, by day, I'm a full-time engineer. I used to work for a a nanomaterials company. And now I moved on and work for a medical device company. Uh, it's called Applied Medical. Super cool company in Southern California. What I do for them is I work on intellectual property. 
come up with solutions for like complex problems they have. I work on a very specific type of devices called bipolar energy devices, but that's my day job. So I read the book, you know, Rich Dad Poor Dad mm-hmm. a few years ago and uh, went head on into real estate. And then we bought a you know, few units and uh, we've really scaled up from uh, about $400,000 in assets under management to, I think, I think about three and a half million dollars now. Yeah. So about 30 doors, 28 doors. That's awesome. And you're, you're calling from California. Where are your assets? So I have a lot of them in California. Actually, almost all of them are here, uh, mostly in Kern County, a city called Bakersfield. It's in, the, in between Nor- NorCal and SoCal. It's before Fresno. So it's kind of like a cool spot. And I do also have a couple of duplexes in Inland Empire, which is also California outside of LA, east of LA, Fontana and Mention. That's, those are nicer areas. And I do have a duplex in uh, Georgia outside Atlanta. My sister lives there. Awesome. Awesome. Great. So as I mentioned before, a lot of people want to scale in their real estate business. Granted, not everybody does, but, but a lot of people would rather have you know, a few million dollars in assets under management rather than a few hundred thousand dollars in assets under management because there's you know more money to be made. And and you achieved that and you're you're continuing to push forward. And I'd like to dig into you know habits, strategies, and and things that really have driven you to you know continue to grow and 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 what's helped you. So, you know. First, you know, what comes to mind or what deliberate actions did you take to just you know, continue pushing forward and growing your portfolio? Yeah, so it all started with reading Rich Dad Poor Dad, right? Robert Kiyosaki's book. So before that, I was really convinced I'm super smart because I'm an engineer. And I was like, well, I'm really killing it. I was not. I was actually the worst <laughs> person probably, right? I was probably at the bottom of the barrel, like just loser, doesn't know anything. So I read the book and then I figured out I'm on the wrong side of the equation, right? So then I read Cashflow Quadrant. And I'm like, okay, well, we got to get to the right side of the quadrant. So then I started reading um, a lot of books, like a lot, like hundreds of books. And then just like I'm on podcasts, like listening to podcasts, like eight hours a day, just insane. Just So I, it took me about six months to tie something up in contracts since I read the first book because I was trying to figure it out. And then I bought the first triplex and then it took me another year to buy the second tripl- uh, duplex. And then I really started snowballing because I was pretty comfortable. So I was able to start raising capital and, you know, just buying like one to four units pretty much. But that's still, you mentioned, you know, taking six months to get the first thing under contract. I mean, that's still a lot faster than a lot of people that, you know, uh, from the years when I started, it took me longer than that to do my first deal. You know, you're still keeping a, a, you started with a pretty good trajectory and and really kept going and, and kept growing and, and pushing. Yeah. I mean, I, I am very nerdy uh, because I'm an engineer. <laughs> so I, you know, I like to know how things work and I like to know the details of it. And then I, I found that the math involved in real estate is almost elementary. And I'm like, dude, this is nothing. Like, what are these guys talking about? Like, it's really difficult, the cap rates. And I'm like, this is like multiplication division. There's nothing there. So those things were easy for me to grasp the concept of, you know, NOIs and ROIs and, you know, cap rates and DSCR, all these, you know, different terms. They're not that hard to comprehend. So I started, I'm very disciplined trying to just figure out different systems and then just trying to go for it. You know, my goal, like I always like that Gary Keller book, the one thing Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, what's the next thing? Like, what's the first thing? Uh, Oh, I need to get qualified. Okay. Well, how much can I qualify for? Oh, I can easily buy a 
$300,000 triplex looks like. Okay, let's buy that. And then, you know, I have a business partner, Andrew. So that's where Aunt on B comes from, Andrew and Vince, right? So um, that's my company's name. So, you know, so I could put a loan on him. I could put a loan on me. My sister's got one. My brother-in-law's got one. And then all the equity partners I bring onto the table, they all have their own loans on them, right? So, you know, you figure out different strategies and, you know, figure out what works the best for you. Okay. Okay. But I think one of the biggest things that a lot of people struggle with, and I'll call myself out on this for, for the beginning, I'm an engineer too. My same, my background's in engineering is building that business owner mentality, you know, and, and that is a big thing that's covered in, in rich dad, poor dad. Did you find yourself, you know, kind of dealing with that and getting through that? Or did that kind of come naturally to you? As in how to go into become a, like a business owner? And th- yeah, treating your business like a business rather than like a job, right? It's easy to kind of cheap out and say, hey, I'll do all of these things myself rather than you know working working on your business as opposed to working in your business. Yeah, the, the big change for me, Taylor, actually came from identifying what is an asset, what is a job, what, you know, how is trading money for, uh, you know, trading time for money is you know, different than actually trading time to buy an asset and then the asset pays you, you know, it's very little complicated stuff. So if you have a deep understanding of how these things work, how, how a debt-based society in the U.S. works, how a credit-based society works, like how if you save money, you're, you're, you know, Kiyosaki calls us losers if you save money. He's not saying, you know, you're personally a loser. He's just saying your money will lose value because they will just go ahead and print trillions of dollars behind your back. <laughs> so you will never be able to keep up with, printing by how much I make, right? I mean, you, you and I, you know, we, we're engineers, we make six figures. We are like probably the top 10% in the US and I consider ourselves very poor. Like we are part of the system which is not going to really help us. But I'm not super, you know, I'm not like super like against all the system is and the government is evil kind of guy. I'm like, I like to use things that we have. Remember, I'm an immigrant. I, you know, the, the opportunity I got to come to this country is my engineering degree. So I'm not an idiot, right? I know that helps me. You know, I make good money. I can qualify for millions of dollars of loan by myself because I can show the income, W-2 income and all those things, right? So I understand how it works, but everybody should have a path. I say, you know, 10 to 20 years should be like your career if you want it. But in that time, you should figure out a way to get out of it. Like there is no motivation for me to work till 65 and retire with $240,000 in my 401k. I would rather just give it away. I'm like, just keep it. I don't even want it. Like what is that? (laughs) 40 years and you've saved 250K. By the way, that's the uh, average. That's not the Mm -hmm. median. That's Mm -hmm. the average amount of US person has. The median is $45,000. That's wild. And I was just talking with my fiance about this the other day about where we are on a percentile basis in, in the U.S. And for ourselves in the U.S. versus the world, you know, basically any American with a six figure job is well into the one percent of the world. But within the, the U.S., you know, six figure job. And if you have, you know, especially like a million dollars to your name, you're way in like the actually in the upper echelon of net worth, because most people didn't spend their lives investing and and building wealth, unfortunately. Yeah, that's true. Um, You know, if you compare, like I'm from India, right? So, I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm like top 1% if you do it in India because there's a billion people. Of course, I'm going to be in the top 1%. But, you know, I like to tell people, you know, I didn't didn't come to the U.S. to be average. I mean, I could (laughs) could have been average in India. Like, uh, it's easy to do that. Like, I, I, I want to buy this street, you know? 
No, I love that. That's, that's how I think. Yeah. And, and speaking of which, you know, you, you talked in our little pre-interview discussion about having a, the, the 10X mentality, right? And, and that's what you've done. And presumably you, you, you want to do that 10X again. How does that translate to your business in a, in a practical sense? Like what actions are you taking to turn the mindset and mentality of 10X into you know, actions, then ultimately results. Yeah. So um, for people who don't know, 10X is a term you know, coined by Grant Cardone. I'm a huge fan of Grant Cardone. I don't know if you are. And uh, I make fun of his uh, it's a loser buddy. What do they call him? Dave Ramsey. <laughs> yeah. That guy has, I don't know why he's still around. He should be in jail. But uh, he's he's really good for, you know, for people who are in a lot of debt and, you know, like consumer debt and stuff. Dave Ramsey is really good to you know, get you out of that and get you to base zero, but you will only be at zero. You won't be negative. We'll be in zero, but you're not going to be wealthy. You can't like, you know, like if Dave Ramsey told, you know, save cash to buy your house in Orange County. That's the dumbest thing I've heard in my life. There is not a lifetime where I can save enough cash to buy a house. I'm actually in contract to buy one in Orange County. It's a million dollars, right? There is no way I'm saving a million dollars. And by the time I save a million dollars, my house will be worth $3 million. Yeah. Right. So it's like, so Dave Ramsey's method. And, and it's so funny because he has a show, which is a capitalistic, you know, society, where he's getting a loan on that, you know, the TV, the monitor, the people he's paying, you know, it's like, but he's like, oh, it's all cash. It's not all cash, you know? So in, in that respect, what was your question? Sorry, I get, I get it. How do you, it. how do you turn that 10 X mentality okay. into actions and then results in real estate? So, so we were talking about Grant Cardone, right? So I listen to a lot of guys, like I listen to your podcast. I, I've been on Joe Farrell, it's a bunch of these guys I really like, and I see who kind of is in the same wavelength, right? So for me, like, you know, Joe Farrell is Vinnie Chopra, you know, uh, you know, Grant Cardone, these guys, they think differently, right? So I want to be on that level, right? So I started going to all these conferences. I went to Jake and Gino. I actually hung out with Vinnie Chopra for a while. And it's so interesting to see these guys just on a different level in terms of mentality. So the access to those people gives me a better way. So, you know, I read the book 10X and he was like, you know, you should really 10 times your portfolio. I'm like, that is that even possible? So at that time I had four doors and it was like $400,000 worth, right, in Bakersfield. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try to do this within the pandemic, right? So now in a few months, I'm going to be $4 million in assets under management. Yeah, I don't own all of it. I have partners and, you know, there's debt on it, at least 70%. So, but the equity is only 30%, but maybe in some, but I control so much assets, right? In, in At some point, it'll get paid off by the tenants, right? So but I was able to do that because I'm able to follow these guys. I listen to what they're saying. I go to these events. I don't talk to people who don't fit my criteria of what I think life should be, right? Like if you call me and said, hey, man, you shouldn't really be buying real estate. My first question to you would be like, what you got? Like, what do you got? Like, if you said like, oh, you know, I have 401k, I'll just hang up the phone. Like, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I just don't have time for you. You're, you're so far off removed from my reality. Like, I won't even look at you. I will just walk away from you. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you had 50 units and you said, hey, you shouldn't be buying in D neighborhoods, maybe you should concentrate on B minus. I'll write it down. That makes sense. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So those kind of things. So you pick the people you want to you know, hang out with. 
I even started my own meetup. My meetup is actually tomorrow. And I refuse to hang out with regular friends anymore. Like they will be like, this guy is not a good guy. I'm like, yeah, I'm a terrible human being. You shouldn't hang out with me. And then I'll have a meetup and I'll say, this is the topic of the meetup. The topic of the meetup is how to structure deals and get financially independent. If you want, you can come talk to me there. Otherwise, don't talk to me. I don't care. So then I started meeting crazy people. I have lenders. I get access to these. You know, the guy who comes there with his girlfriend is Ryan and Nicole. One of my good friends now, he's doing my loan in Costa Mesa, but he's so far up in his circle. I can't get access to him unless I have this event where he comes and he mm -hmm. sees me of equal value, right? I can't just go up to him because he's so far up. I have to talk to his assistant, assistant, assistant. I can't even talk to Ryan, right? So now I have access to these guys. So all these things I'm doing, it kind of puts me in a better place. And I don't really... I'm not trying to just take, take. I will also be like, hey, what are you trying to do? You want to buy something? You want to improve your credit score? Here, do all this, right? Mm -hmm. so just trying to provide value to all the people in our lives. That's really the key. Yeah, I, I have uh, my personal experience. I had started a meetup in, I live in Richmond, Virginia in, I think, 2017. I don't remember what year it was, but but well before COVID and, you know, was consistent with that before we couldn't be in a room together with everybody uh, that we had to go online. But I found that that does help you build a lot of connections with both attendees and the speakers because you, speaking of providing value, the attendees see value in the topic and the speaker sees value in the opportunity to you know speak to the attendees. So it's a great opportunity for you as the host to add value to everyone and then, you know, inject yourself a little bit too, right? There's there's a reason we do things. You you want it to come back on you somehow. Yeah. I see myself as someone who's a very good people connector mm -hmm. and I'm very good with conversing and, you know, giving you value in whatever respect you're looking for. So I like that. I don't really need, you know, a lot of people assume when I invite them to the meetup, they're like, hey, man, you're just trying to get, you know, $20,000 from me so you can go buy the next house. So, you know, I usually tell them, if you have just $20,000, you're already worthless to me. Because I'm not going to take your $20,000. You think I am I am trying to get $20,000? My average investment is like $60,000. Like those, these guys have hundreds of thousands. I don't want to talk to you with $20,000 because what happens when your car is in the shop? You're going to call me to get $2,000 to repair it, right? So I'm not trying to do that. I'm actually trying to make you understand this is what's happening and go meet other people, you know? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the value. It's not me trying to take your $10,000. <laughs> and and being ruthlessly honest. Now, I think something yeah. that a lot of our listeners may be able to relate to in a, in a life setup standpoint is that you have a job and you're doing these deals while having a job. And I, I think a limiting belief that a lot of people have who have jobs is I'm doing this you know, work 40 hours a week or, or plus, you know, maybe more. How can I, I, I can't do it because I can't, how am I ever going to have the time to build my real estate business and all of that? How have you dealt with that? Did you have that limiting belief? Yes, no. And, and if so, how did you tackle it? No, you have, you ask great questions. It's almost like you have your own podcast or something, you know? <laughs> But yeah, that is actually the best question ever because that is a limiting belief I did have. And it was, it's not, it's not just me, it's everyone. And people push that on you, right? Mm -hmm. So my biggest limiting belief was people constantly telling me I can't do these things, right? 
people constantly, you can't go to the US, you're not going to graduate school in India, you're not going to go to engineering school, or you can't date that girl, you're not good looking enough, you know, you don't have money. Like, this is my whole life, right? So then I decided at some point in my early 20s, I'm like, screw these guys. These guys are all losers. I don't mm-hmm. want to listen to them at all, right? So now I'm on the opposite extreme where I'm literally just like trolling people for for fun. Like, I would not listen to anything you say because I'm like, this is totally useless information because you're not really helping me. You're just trying to like, you know, keep me in my own place. So to come back to what you're asking, so what? how did I solve that limiting belief is I started creating my own people and friends that I think are valuable. And I started believing I have value, right? It's been such a long time for me to actually understand. But when I go talk to all these people, I figured out like, oh, wait, I, I do know a couple of things. You know, I am actually valuable. So when people tell me that this is not something you should do or you don't do, now it's like a joke to me. I'm like, do you not see that I own this two streets? Like, what do you mean that I shouldn't be doing this? You have nothing. And, you know, the it's like, I don't understand why you're even talking to me. Like, why would you not try to learn what I'm doing rather than, you know, so that I've reached a stage where you cannot tell me things that it's going to really affect me. And I'm like really sad, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, my uh, Taylor said, you know, my nose is too big, you know, something like that. <laughs> or, or I got my, a big nose. So that's yeah, maybe yeah. that's why you thought a nose too big. I got a big <laughs> nose for listeners. No, that's, that's what people always say. But so those kind of things, once you, you can, you know, structure yourself, like you have like very strong core beliefs. Like, it doesn't really bother me. Like, you know, like even my family, you know, like, you know, people like, oh, you know, this aunt said this, my uncle said this, or my mom said this. My I'm like, none of these people really matter to me that it's going to influence me in such a way because I think that I am doing certain things that is really beneficial for like the people I'm actually helping, right? So it doesn't make sense. So that's what the first thing is you got to have the self-confidence and belief in what you're doing. And then everything else kind of, you know, slowly goes away. Like it doesn't really affect you. So now if, you know, if somebody tells me like you shouldn't buy a duplex, I would just be walking. I won't even stop to talk to them, right? <laughs> if Grant Cardone says, don't buy a duplex, buy a 200 unit, I might re- listen to him, you know, because, mm-hmm. okay, well, he's got more than me. He knows definitely more than me, right? So yeah. it depends. But most of the time when you're hearing a lot of that negativity, it's coming from people who have never done or or never succeeded at the thing that they're telling you not to do in the first place. I, I read this somewhere or I don't know where, but I, I, I tell people I don't list, I don't take advice from people who have less than me. It's just not my thing. Like, why? 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. it's true. I think especially now in the age of social media and so much negativity it's easy to, especially if, if you're on Facebook, I mean, they thrive on sucking you in through negative stuff and they can read your mind better than you can. And that has perpetuated a lot of limiting beliefs in particular, but, but a lot of negativity, you know, in general amongst people. Yeah, that's true. So what's up next for you or what's coming down the road? I mean, we can't talk about deals in particular, but how are you envisioning your business in, you know, as you move forward and and continue to grow? Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I have, you know, 28 uh, units. Um, I don't make a lot of cash flow. So because I I distribute uh, funds to the investors, who are uh, I call them equity partners, and, mm-hmm. and then I distribute um, money every month. And so there's not a lot of cash flow in this long-term rental business, but, you know, we have tons of equity, right? So 
My next move is to go more into short-term rentals. So the house, I'm if I do buy this house in Costa Mesa, it's a little ADU in the back. I would like to make that a short-term rental. My buddy Drew is going to take care of that. And then maybe start moving into more short-term rental space where my cash flow is high enough that I can hire more people and do more things. And then I'm also heavily looking into doing multifamily deals in Tampa, Florida. So I've, I've been spending quite some time in Tampa and Jacksonville, Florida. Now, so you're actually going and spending time there in person rather than you know, trying to do it 100% remotely? Yes, because you know once you do the five units plus, you know that it's all a broker's game, right? So these guys mm-hmm. don't take you seriously. So I have friends in Orange County who have millions of dollars in cash. So I talk to them, they're my buddies. So then I take that as proof of funds, send it to the guys. And then I fly to Tampa to visit with these brokers, go walk the units and, you know, try to make a deal happen. Um, I also have some, I might have some money coming in from liquidating some assets in India too. So if I do do that, I can pick up like, you know, like a million or two million, just, you know, like 15 doors, 20, something like that, a small multifamily, and then start getting into that flow of things as well. So yeah, that's my, one of my focus. Awesome. And I I appreciate that you're, you're going and spending time there one to connect with the brokers and and two, to get to know the market is the way it sounds as we see, if you spend enough time in the real estate investing forums and so forth, you see a lot of California investors in particular looking for cheaper areas to invest and, and not frankly doing enough on the ground research to know what they're getting into. They just see, hey, this looks cheap. I'm going to buy it. And then that ends up being a problem. Yeah, I, I am moving away from C uh, properties or C minus, definitely. Maybe C plus, D minus. That's the range I'm going for. I almost pulled off a, like a huge deal last year the, because I was I was going crazy last year. So I went to Jake and Gino, Rod Cleaves, all these events, met all these people, stayed there for longer, You know, went to visit some properties, got into some walkthroughs and all this stuff. I had the money lined up. I had everything lined up, but the area was not quite good for me. And I just didn't want to do it with, because other people's money. So I said, you know what, let's not, let's just keep this for now. And then let's just do the next better deal with the less cash flow, you know, lower cap rate kind of deal. Mm, okay. Okay. Well, awesome. It sounds like you've got a great roadmap ahead and, and really taking action. So I really appreciate that. Right now, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. Have you ever wanted to invest in the private lending and debt side of real estate? You might find that going out and finding borrowers on your own is tough. When you find a borrower, you have the task of evaluating their plan all on your own. And the traditional way of lending private money highly concentrates your risk because you'll probably be funding the whole rehab loan on your own. That meant writing loan checks well into the hundreds of thousands of dollars, placing a lot of risk in individual borrowers and properties. Not to mention, there's a lot for you to know in terms of how to structure these loans so that you can help protect yourself and work with the borrower in your interests. Now, there's a new way to invest in the debt side of real estate that turns the private money lending space on its head. You can invest in a variety of debt instruments with this new platform with as little as $10 in each opportunity. You can diversify your investment across a wide variety of borrowers, geographies, and asset types. This new platform is called ground floor. They make it easy to invest in either your name or using your self-directed IRA. And if you don't already have a self-directed IRA, don't worry. They make it easy to get started and get one opened. Go to www.passivewealthstrategy.com slash ground floor to get started. 
or click the link in the show notes. See the ground floor site for full terms and details of what they offer. Once again, that's www.passivewealthstrategy.com slash ground floor, or click the link in the show notes. Back to the show. All right, Vince, I've got three questions I, got, I ask every guest on the show. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Great. First one, what is the best investment you ever made other than in your education? Yeah, uh, first uh, best investment was uh, we actually bought a duplex for my buddy, Andrew, and uh, we partnered with his mom. So, you know, she's uh, half owner of that. And then we went and bought this duplex in Fontana. You know, there's not a lot of cash flow, very low cap rate deal. Great tenants, great area, huge lot. Love that deal. So that's that's the deal that made me think about going into better areas. Nice, nice. We had the best investment. Now we go to the other side of that coin, the worst investment. What is the worst investment you ever made? Well, the worst investment is definitely my first uh, triplex. I think we talked briefly about that uh, before our recording. Is you know, it's a it's a triplex in Bakersfield. It's a bad part of the town. Still, uh, definitely C minus heavy, maybe borderline D, right? We did spend a lot of money. We did, you know, make it cash flow positive and do all that stuff. But it always has problems, you know. So I might, I might, I might uh, exchange it into something else. Nice. Well, you know, it sounds like you've got a, a good way to to turn it around and, and good potential there. So that at least is a light at the end of the tunnel, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite question here at the end of the show is what is the most important lesson you've learned in business and investing? Uh, the most important lesson for me, I would say is, you know, believing in yourself. I think we talked briefly about it. Don't really listen to people who want to, you know, tell you no, or like, you know, kind of listen to the advice, but it's at the end of the day, you got to make the decision, you know, like I can't, wait for my uncle to give me the go ahead to buy a triplex. You got to have the, you know, thing to just go ahead and pull the trigger on it. Right. So that's how you really learn. So, you know, believe in yourself, you know, take action. Nice. I like that. Vince, thank you for joining us today. It's been great connecting with you and learning about your progress so far and what you have ahead as well. If folks want to reach out, if they want to get in touch with you, if they want to learn more about what you're up to or anything like that, where can they track you down? I actually started my own podcast too. It's called Ari Social Podcast. Maybe you can have a link, but uh, best way to connect is my website is uh, onbeinvest.com. Great. Well, once again, thank you for joining us today. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I appreciate that so much, you guys. That helps other people learn about the show because that helps us rank higher in the Apple Podcast ecosystem. And I'm always honest with you guys. I say this every show. It gives me a nice little warm and fuzzy feeling because I get to see that you're engaging with the content and you're escaping the Wall Street casino along with us. If you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them into the tribe. Thank you for tuning in once again. I hope you have a great rest of your day and we'll talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye. <laughs> 